0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. This is why James stressing us the need to have no partiality because if you show favoritism to one person while dishonoring the other person, then you become convicted by the law. The law then now convicts you as a transgressor of it. means you send. This commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you people out there really love yourself? I mean, I am, ooh, I am, all that. Do you look at other people the same way you think of yourself? James is reminding us this law is royal. It's royal. It was decreed by a king. It was decreed by the king of kings. It is a law fit to be decreed by a king, and it is the king of all laws. And the reaction that James is shooting for is for us to become obedient to this law by having a non biased love. For other people. Oh, Ray, there's just some people I just can't love like that. Well, you need to forgive them. Especially if somebody did you wrong and you've got this boiling hatred of anger, you got to forgive them. Get rid of it because it's driving. That unforgiveness is driving partiality in you. And then that makes you the transgressor. Not them. Makes you the transgressor. See how important forgiveness is? We need to have an outer display and outer evidence that we truly belong to Jesus as his people. When you show prejudicial uh, favoritism, preferential love to some people while, while dishonoring others, you break God's law through disobedience and become a profaner, a blasphemer of Jesus' name, the noble name by which many people are called. You know, it's not good to dishonor a believer that profanes the name of Christ. You know, some people may be thinking, well, I never say GD, but they dishonor other believers. That's still profaning the Lord. God shows no favoritism. Let's be reminded of that. But also realize if God did show partiality, if he did, he doesn't. But I'm saying if he did, then God would be guilty of breaking his own law. Because James says, if you do this, you are a transgressor of the law. God shows no favoritism or he'd break his own law. And God can't do that. He can't break his own law. He's the one that wrote it. God cannot be a transgressor because God would be a sinner. God has no sin. First John 1 John 1.5 says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. None. Some people like to blame God as though he's doing bad things. There's no evil in God whatsoever. You want to blame God? Maybe you need to stop and think about yourself, where you are in this. Now, if upon salvation we are forgiven and made sinless, then that means our payment had to be made by a sinless sacrifice. Makes sense, doesn't it? That sinless sacrifice was Jesus Christ, who was sent by our sinless God. And so if you want to walk a life of righteousness like Jesus, then we have to get rid of all the biases. You got to get rid of those biases and also get rid of those prejudices that the world is constantly trying to put into us. Think about it. When you turn on the news, what do you see? Oh yeah, there's issues going on, but what's the real thing you see? What you see is a bunch of people looking at the other guy, judging them with evil thoughts And throw in accusations. That's all I see. That's what you see on the news. People are learning how to be judgmental. The world that says judge not, they're being judgmental with evil thoughts. Because all I hear about is this group, that group. I don't like them. I don't like him. I don't like the president. Blah, blah, blah. That's not good judgment, guys. This means Republicans stop hating and dishonoring the Democrats. This also means Democrats stop hating and dishonoring the Republicans, if you're believers anyway. Well, I'm a conservative, Ray. I'm a conservative, and, and those darn liberals are destroying this country. The liberals are destroying the country. I've heard it the other way around. I've heard people say, well, I'm a, I'm a liberal, and the, and the conservatives are destroying the, you know, the, the Democrats think the Republicans are destroying the country. The Republicans think the Democrats are destroying the country. I'm going to tell you what's really destroying the country, guys. Sin is destroying this country. That's what's doing it. It's not political at all. Never has been, never will be. It's sin is destroying the world. It's a dying world. It's already had... It's taking its toll. It's decaying. It's not savable. Matter of fact, God's going to do away with it. We're going to be taken out of here. (laughs) So... Sin is destroying the country and the world, whichever side you stand on. Now, I understand there are policies that are evil and, and, and there are some policies that are good, but guess what? Both sides have them. But whichever side you take, I'm not here to talk politics, whichever side you stand on, whatever your political or economical or ideological or whatever your theological position is that you cling to as a believer, you have no right to dishonor anyone, while using your favoritism as a justification to make it okay. You don't get that right. It's evil. James said so. Friends, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. You lose the right to tear people down. Well, well, yeah, but they did. No, don't try to justify it. Don't dishonor them. You will become a profaner of the name of Christ, possibly, if not a transgressor of the law. When Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, when he said that, he did not add a justification back door to it. He didn't say, love your neighbor as yourself, unless they don't deserve it, according to your opinion. He didn't say that. He said, don't do it. He said, don't do that. Love them. That's all he said was just love them. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, your neighbor is a lot of different kinds of people, right? Even the ones that you would rather not associate with, that's your neighbor. We have got to get a hold of exactly what it was that he commanded us to be doing. Love one another, period. That's what he said. Anything less and you become a transgressor of the law. Guilty. Well, Ray, if you understood my background and how I was raised, then you'd understand that anytime I see that kind of person over there, no. Verse 9 says, if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Well, Ray, back in my day, anyone that banded together with those people, we were right to go out against them. And verse nine says, if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. I don't know how many times I need to say this before we finally get it. Well, Ray, just because you believe that doesn't mean I have to. Verse 9 says, show no partiality if you commit sin and are con- you're convicted by the law as transgressors. I know how bad people hate and they try to twist in their justifications to make themselves defend, to try to defend their behavior and think what they're doing is actually okay. And I also know that people are calling the conduct of Christians as being hate. I know they're, they're twisting it around backwards and upside down. But that's all confusion talk. That's Satan language. That's all it is. Whether you agree with this teaching or not that James is giving, this is the written word of God. Is everybody seeing this in James 2? I hope you're seeing it. It's the written word of God, which one day we will all answer to, and we will have to stand before the Lord and give an account to, and nobody's going to hold your hand that day. There's going to be no recourse. You can't sue God. You can't run your justifications in front of him. He's not going to listen to it. He's not going to show favoritism for you over someone else. The one and only way that we sinners have for going forward and being able to survive as transgressors at all is by submitting your life under the authority of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you got out. Get under the blood he spilled to pay for your death penalty and obey his commands. You know what? If you don't know what his commands are, how can you obey him? A lot of people don't even read. you got to know what's in there. Obey it. Don't be a blasphemer of Jesus. Be a follower. Be obedient to what he said. All those old prejudicial biases that you carry, they've got to go away. They have to leave. You actually block the love of Jesus Christ unto others when you react with partiality they can't see it. Well, Ray, I may not be so good at this favoritism stuff, but God knows my heart. God knows my heart. I've heard people say that. (laughs) Yeah, he does know your heart. Problem is, is it a selfish heart? But Ray, I'm a good person. God is not going to hold against me for this one issue here. Just for this one little issue, God's not going to hold it against me That's why James said what he said next in James 2 and 10. He says, for whoever shall keep the whole law. Look at me. I'm good. I'm keeping the whole thing. Whoever will keep the whole law yet stumble in just one point. He is guilty of all. He is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery also said, don't commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Now, James knew that people would work really hard to try to dismiss their prejudice. Well, I get to keep this prejudice because of what happened to me here, because the way those people are, I, I get to keep that. I get to keep that. I'm going to keep that prejudice. I'm going to hate that certain person. They're going to try to keep their, their, their prejudice as some kind of trivial thing. Like, well, just because it means a lot to you doesn't mean I I should get as gung-ho as you are about it, Ray, or you, James. I'm going to keep this, I'm going to keep, I hear that kind of response all the time. People always tell me, just because you're a Bible thumper, Ray, doesn't mean I have to be. (laughs) Oh, I love it when they say that, because man, we got a conversation now. (laughs) Not everybody wants to do like you do, Ray. No, they don't. I, I get it. But this is not about doing things like I do. This is about doing things like the way God tells you to do. This isn't Ray saying this. This is the word of God. It's not even James. It's the Word of God saying it. When God gives an order and you say no, when God tells you to do something, you say, no, I'm not going to do it. Then that means you become a transgressor. You sin. It means you don't love God. It means you're not loving Him by saying no to Him like that. Even if you swear that you love Him, saying no, uh uh-uh. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I tell you? Jesus asked that question. Suppose you have an employee. And you tell them to go do something, and they say, no, what do you do? You penalize them in some kind of way. You either will give them a warning, or you eventually fire them because they refuse to do their job. Now, James and myself are throwing out warnings. That's what he's doing with this word. That's what I'm doing teaching this. We're throwing out warnings. We're, we're trying to show you warnings before God fires you. You got to do what your employer tells you. Guys, we got to do what the King of Kings tells us to do. Those of us preaching this word, we're not being hypocritical because we're accountable to the same thing. We're trying to show you salvation so that you can be saved. You can't get to salvation in Jesus by insisting on doing things your own way. And so for those who are still clinging to their justifications for keeping partiality, holding on to your reasons for why the entire word of God pertains to everybody in creation, except you, <laughs> Realize that James said with the power of God-breathed scripture that whoever stumbles in just one point out of the entire law, just one point, they become guilty of the whole thing. All of it. This is what it looks like under a God of no favoritism because he's not going to deal out any special favors for certain people. Nobody gets any special exceptions. If you can't perfectly keep the entire law, then you're guilty of the whole thing. And James used the most extreme cases to make this point. He used adultery and murder to show us how absurd it is when we try to make our preferred sin have a special exception over another sin. Apparently, someone in James Day thought they were really top-notch above the rest of everybody else for having never committed adultery one time, but had murder under their belt well, I've never committed adultery, but yeah, I've committed murder. How do you make one sin look better than the other like that? Because the same law that said don't commit adultery also said don't commit murder. So if you don't commit adultery, but you do murder, then you have become a transgressor, which means you broke the terms. You went outside the border of the law. The law needs to be viewed as one big package. It can't be like the pastor who saw The husband and wife come in and say, well, I hadn't seen you in a long time. Where have you been? Well, Pastor, uh, me and my wife keep the Ten Commandments. I keep seven of them, and she keeps the other three. It doesn't work like that. The whole thing's one big package. You violate just one part of it. You violated the whole package deal. Well, this doesn't sound fair to me. Well, it's like when, let me explain. It's like when you're going to get a job, and you have to negotiate a set of terms with the employer You establish what work you're going to be doing, where the work's going to be performed, how much pay you should get for doing it. So imagine you're at this interview, and the employer agrees that you'll be doing this certain kind of work. The work will be done within certain guidelines at the place of employment, and you should be making, let's say, $50,000 per year, just for example. So you agree to those terms. You agree to those terms. So you go in on the first day of work in the established location of work, and you start doing the, the type of work that are in the terms of your contract, but when payday comes, they decide they're not going to pay you $50,000, but they decide to pay you $25,000 instead. What are you going to do? Are you honestly going to let them tell you, but we only violated just one part of the contract? There's a lot of things in the contract. That's just one part. No, you violated the whole thing. I'm not getting fifty thousand like we were ta- like we agreed. They violated one part, and the whole thing's off. It's not going to work. And so James said, "Whoever keeps the whole law, but stumbles in one point, he's guilty of the whole thing. He has transgressed all of the law." Now maybe you're thinking that's not fair. Oh, here comes the gospel. You might be thinking, "Well, that's not fair." I can't keep all that. It's too impossible. It's not fair. I'll tell you what fair is. Here's what fair is. Fair is we sinned. We should all go to hell for it. That would be fair. That would be fair. But God offers us grace, not fair. He offers you grace. He offers you a way out. You can be saved by grace. You can't be saved by fair. So, Ray, what you're saying is if I fail in just the slightest little piece of God's law, one little part, that means I blow the lid off the whole thing, and that means I'm going to go to hell for just blowing one little piece. Yeah, that's the way it is. You're thinking there's no way I could ever be good enough for this, Ray. There's no possible way I could do this. If you're thinking like this, you know what I say? I say hallelujah, because you're finally starting to realize the need for a Savior. If this concerns you, I can't do that, Ray. It's too big. It is too big. If this concerns you, listen close. Romans 8 and 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Did you hear that? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus Christ will make you free. I can't uphold the law. That's why you need to get under Jesus Christ. Verse 3, for what the law could not do... In that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law that we could never get up to, so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's good news. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Friend, the requirements of the law are set too impossibly high. And I think this is why some people misunderstand God. They don't know the word. They don't read. They misjudge with evil thoughts. Yeah, the law is too high. That's why you need a Savior in Jesus Christ. He took care of that. He took care of it. What the law couldn't do, God did through Jesus. Friend, I I pray that you are finally realizing, somebody somewhere that may watch or hear this, that you're finally realizing you need a Savior. You need a Savior in your life. Without Jesus, you're guilty. Not just of one, but all of it. Without Jesus, the entire package deal is blown. You need your Messiah. And to finish up, I want to go to what Chuck Smith once said about favoritism. He said, faith keeps me from getting judgmental about the weaknesses of others, because I know that apart from God's help, I'm just as hopeless as they are. Only through faith in God can I make any progress in my Christian walk. Father, we come before you in prayer. Lord, what a good message. Uh, Lord, it's hard for some of us to process this because it's so big and it's so deep. And Lord, we've just got biases. Some of them, we know what they are. And some of them, we don't. Lord, I pray that you get all of them out. That the next time I see somebody that has that appearance that I don't want to share the gospel with them. Lord, that we don't look at them by appearance. We think we judge by righteous judgment. And Lord, for those that go, but what is righteous judgment? Well, then Lord, help them to get in, the, in your word and study more and pray more and grow that faith by hearing of the word to understand what righteousness is. Because Lord, the pe- people are saying, well, what's really right? What really is truth? With fake news, what's really true anymore? Your word is true, Lord God. Help your people see that and to go by that. Lord, strip us down of our biases. And Lord, it's going to require a sacrifice on our part. We're going to have to give some things up. Lord, the next time we see that, oh, I don't know person. Oh, I don't want to talk to them. But Lord, if you tell us to share the gospel with them, Lord, help us to go and do it. Because that one poor man that showed up at that church service to my friend, it carried that church for a while. You never know what they're going to end up being. We don't want to profane your name, Lord Jesus. We don't want to be a transgressor of your law. And so we cannot dishonor people based on their social status or their money. Or Lord, we just have these biases. They We need to get rid of them. So, Lord, I'm asking for anybody hearing me, anybody here today, that we start reviewing what our prejudices are, what our biases are, what our favoritisms are, and, Lord, that we just get rid of them And start looking at every scenario and every situation and every person through righteous judgment that we learn from our Lord Jesus Christ. And your word, forgive us, Lord God. And I ask you to help us with that. We cannot do it. That's why James said, brethren, believers, we got to go into the Holy Spirit, understanding to get this. There's a lot of people out there that are lost, Lord God, that they don't understand. But we do. Because you gave us Holy Spirit discernment. Teach us how to show them the love that Christ commanded us to have. I don't want to be a transgressor. I don't want to be a profaner of your name. And we thank you ultimately, Lord God, for the salvation in Jesus Christ. That you did not show favoritism towards us. Because if you did, I couldn't be saved. You saved me anyway. Even though I was a filthy mess, you saved me anyway. The royalty of a king saved a sinner like me. So Lord, if you can do that for us, we can do that for other people too. We can go to them and despite what they look like or however they may seem to us or whatever stereotype group they may belong to, they are not too far down for us to share the gospel with them that they could be saved and come to repentance and gain eternal life. Help us with this, Lord. This is a tall order. (laughs) We're a messed up people full of biases. Only through you can we do this right. I thank you for it. Thank you. You didn't leave me. You stayed and you came down and you saved me. Let's go out to other people with the gospel. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set you have all you need. Just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set